0: For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. The title of my message this morning on this Mother's Day is Women, Wife, mother woman wife and mother and what I like to do is go back to the very beginning and talk about Eve in just a moment but if we ever want to know the will of God on any subject never forget this you start with creation and then look at Christ and then go to the consummation of all things so in creation we see the will of God established and then in Christ we see the will of God personified And then in creation, at the end of creation, in consummation, what do we see? The perfect will of God being done and carried out throughout eternity. So, that's why I want to look at it from that perspective. Now, the Mother's Day message, at least to me, I know this, is one of the most challenging messages to prepare for and deliver as far as the year is concerned. And why? And the reason is because there are so many different scenarios that exist when it comes to women that are coming to a church service. And throughout America, if not globally, I believe it's all true. For example, number one, you have there are those among you in your congregation that are experiencing or have gone through infertility. And as a result, of course, it's a painful day. Uh, You go to the Bible and what do you discover? You, You find out that Sarah struggled with infertility. We see that Hannah was the same way, and then don't forget the Shunammite woman who couldn't have a child, and then obviously Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mother, she didn't have a child up until a certain point. All four of these, of course, received a child supernaturally by faith, but you can see that they all struggled with infertility. And so when you try to talk about a message that really produces joy in the hearts of mothers... You've got others that are suffering painfully because they haven't been able to have a child. Then of course you've got the subject of miscarriages. You've got those that maybe recently had a miscarriage. They were expecting the joy of a child being born only to suffer the pain of a miscarriage. So they're there with you and you want to be considerate of their needs. Then you've got those that have gone through an abortion. In some cases, you've got young girls that went through an abortion just to save face. Parents made them have an abortion, and throughout their life, they're struggling with this, and it becomes a very painful day in their lives. Then, of course, there are different scenarios that exist where you've got abandonment, desertion. You didn't even know your, let's say, birth mom. You've got uh, a situation where you're struggling and you've got pain in your life because you don't know them. Or you were deserted by them or turned over to a foster care and that sort of thing. Or the loss of a mother or the loss of a child. This is my first uh, Mother's Day with my mother being gone. We thank God. I know she's moved to heaven and she's in glory. And I thank God for that. But then again, you've got situations where maybe there was an abusive mom, an alcoholic mom, or an irresponsible mom and the list goes on and on the point is you have a lot of scenarios out there and different needs that are out there among the people that have to be considered when you deliver a message like this now to some mother's day is a wonderful time of gathering together with the family and just expressing love to one another but on the other hand there are those that it's a painful day a very extremely painful day in their lives because of the scenarios that we just mentioned Well, this makes it very challenging but there is a flip side to this Look at the book of Psalms 113 and verse 9 and then 128 in just a moment. Look at what these verses teach. He maketh the barren woman to keep house, and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. Look at Psalm 128, first few verses. Blessed is everyone that feareth the lord that walketh in his ways for thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands happy shalt thou be and it shall be well with thee thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house thy children like olive plants round about thy table so on the flip side we see when we gather together like this and we teach god's word and share these truths Many individuals that were barren were healed, delivered, and set free, and able to conceive and have children. As a matter of fact, we know many that have experienced that miracle in their lives as a result of these words. And so, once again, it's very rewarding to know that we can meet together and share these blessed truths from God's Word and prayerfully help meet the needs of people that are here uh, among us. And so, with that in mind, I want to go back to creation now and talk about the very first woman on the planet. Uh, As a matter of fact, in 41 years now, this would be my 41st, I guess, uh, Mother's Day message. I don't know that I really focused on Eve specifically during that time, but today we're going to do that. So first of all, let's start with her name. Did you know that Eve has three names? Three names revealed to us in Scripture. Look at Genesis chapter 2 and verse 23. Woman is the first name given by Adam. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken, notice, out of man. She was not created from the dust of the earth like Adam was. She came f- out from his being. Actually, woman, you could say it this way, from the womb of man she came forth. And so he called her woman. And this really is uh, something that associates her in her relationship with Adam. The first woman. Look at First Corinthians chapter 11 and see something here in verse 8 that's good to bring out at this time. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. So in other words, the woman came out of the man. She wasn't made separately from the dust of the earth. Woman. The first name. The second name is Adam. Look at G- Genesis chapter 5 verses 1 and 2. The second name given is Adam. Adam this is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he notice him male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name notice he called their name what Adam in the day when they were created so now we have another name that implies the divine ideal for man Uh, And his wife is not merely association, but it's indissoluble union that took place. They became one flesh. And so therefore, they have one name. And what is that name? Adam. She is bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, and now she bears his name. Of course, in society today, we know that there is a name change that takes place when two people get married. And usually, typically, the last name is given to the wife as well. And then we have the third name. And, of course, this is Eve. And then you'll notice this in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 20. And what Eve actually means is mother of all living. Or in some translations or some margin, it reads this way. She's the mother of every father's family. But notice, in Adam called his wife's name. This is after the fall it took place. Because she was the mother of all living or the mother of every father's family. And so we see here that Eve, after the fall, is recognized as this woman who became a wife and then a mother and is responsible for every person born into the world. You could trace everyone back to Adam and Eve. I realize you've got skeptics out there who don't believe in uh, creation, the creation theory, but that's up to them. As far as we're concerned, as far as we know, we all go back to Adam and Eve, and we thank God for our, our Christian heritage. So, we see this woman, and we see three identities. Woman, we see her as wife, we see her as mother. Now, she was the first woman upon the earth, and I want you to see this in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31 through chapter 2, verse 1. She was perfect in every way. She was perfect in spirit, in soul, and in body and in every way. She was holy. She was pure in every way. Why? She was skillfully handcrafted by God. But notice this. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was, notice, very good. And behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, or brought to perfection, and the host of them. The word finished there means brought to a place of perfection. She was perfect in all her ways. Everything was perfect in all of its ways before she even came on the scene. But there was something that was not good upon the earth. And what was that? Look at Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. Here we have a revelation given to us by God that all the works of his hands that were very good were very good, but there was one thing that was not good. And what was it? And the Lord God said, it is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him and help meet suitable for him. What's this saying? It's telling us that even though everything was brought to perfection, there was one thing that was missing, one thing that wasn't good, and Eve is the one that made good the thing that was not good. And so this perfect woman, notice it wasn't a creation of an animal that satisfied the need of the man to be a companion and so on. It was a woman that came forth from his side, part of his being. You know, we we, we talk about that it came from the rib, but we all know that when she came out, It wasn't just the ribs. She took half his brain. And we know that to be true as well. Because we need both the husband and the wife. Or the male and the female. Thinking to produce the true image of the living God. Next we want to talk about. She was the first wife upon the earth. Look in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 20. She's the perfect woman. And now she is the perfect wife. And Adam gave names to all cattle. And to the fowl of the air. And to every beast of the field. But For Adam there was not found an help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept. And he took one of his ribs. And closed up the flesh instead thereof. That was the first surgical procedure that was done by the greatest surgeon of all. And that's what he did. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man. Made he a woman. And brought her unto the man. And Adam said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave, he's prophesying now, his father and his mother, because there were none, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Notice, in marriage it's leave, cleave, and become one. You leave, you alter all of the relationships, you cleave or glue yourself to that relationship, and the ultimate goal is become one. Do you notice that when he caused a deep sleep to come upon the man, he did not bring from his side a golf course or a bowling alley? Or a baseball, or a football, or a hockey puck, or anything of that nature, an art museum. He brought forth from his side the woman to meet that need. And the woman, and please bear with me when I say it this way, her purpose is, is found in man because she came out of man. So her purpose is found in man, according to what God's word teaches us. So her creation brought into the world relationship, friendship, companionship, and marriage. We see those four things happening. As a matter of fact, we said go to creation and find out the will of God. But now let's go to Christ and find out the will of God in Matthew 19. Look at these verses, verse 3 through 6. Of course, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. also came unto him, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning he appeals to creation made them male and female and said for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they twain shall be one flesh wherefore they are no longer or no more twain but one flesh what therefore God had joined together let not man put asunder so Jesus appeals to The beginning or creation. And notice when he said it was prophesied or spoken. It wasn't just Adam. Adam was. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. To say what he said when he made that prophecy. It was the Spirit of God speaking through him. For this cause. Shall a man leave his father and mother. So we see she's the first wife upon the earth. And along with her comes marriage. And all of the relationships. But look in Proverbs chapter 18 verse 22. And I think this is very uh, important. To share with you today. Adam's wife was formed our wife is found since that time you had to find a wife at that time one was formed for him can you imagine him just falling asleep one night and waking up in the morning and he sees her by his side perfectly made by him in spirit in soul in body specifically handcrafted by the living God to meet his need spirit soul and body It's hard to imagine, but that's how God did it. But look at Proverbs 18, verse 22. Whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing, and obtains favor of the Lord. So in other words, you've got to find a mate. Preferably someone that knows Christ, according to the word of God. But then look at Proverbs chapter 31, popular text. But look at verses 10 through 12 from the New Living Translation. Who can find, and this is wisdom speaking to a young man to find a wife. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife. She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her. And she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. So we see, once again, it's expressing the fact that this woman must be found to be the wife. Now, it's clearly understood in Scripture, according to what God's Word just said, even Eve understood this, that the woman's purpose... And the woman's position is found in her husband. It's found in the fact that she's to be his companion. She's to be his helper. To help him tend to the garden in the very beginning. She's there to also replenish the earth. Remember, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. Have dominion over it. She was to use her dominion as well to ful- fulfill her duties and responsibilities as a woman, wife, and a mother. Those were the three things that she was supposed to fulfill. Well, she began her life in a perfect environment, in a perfect place, with her perfect husband. All things were perfect in that setting there, and everything was going very well. Well, until one day, when of course we know the tempter came. And when the tempter came, he caught a hold of her attention, and we're told that she was deceived by what he had to say. And the thing to remember is this. Deception is something that subtly takes place in the person's mind. Look in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3. This is the apostle Paul speaking about Eve. But I fear lest any mean, by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. So your mind shall be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Notice he goes back to the creation story. And he says this was a subtle act of the deceiver. What did he do? He got her to get distracted from what was there. And he didn't say to her, hey, I want you to transgress the law of God. No, I want you to possess something that's going to make you a whole lot better. You're going to have the knowledge of God. You're going to know good and evil. And you're going to better your life as a result of partaking of that forbidden fruit. He didn't just say to her sin against your God. I rebelled against him. You rebel against him You do things your way you want to do things and so on He did not say to her Sin Eve. He said Selah what Selah means think about it Think about this look at I know that this is wonderful here I know that God's given you all this here But you know why he told you not to touch that tree of the knowledge of good and evil Because you're going to be like God. You're going to rise up to a place where you know all this that you don't know right now. Good and evil as well. And don't you really want something better for your life? And what does she do? She doesn't consult God. We don't think she consulted her husband even though he might have been there with her. She was deceived into thinking that he was telling her the truth. Now it's important to know this. Even though she had dominion over the animal kingdom. What did she do? surrendered herself to obey an animal than rather obey God. And as a result of her disobedience, she opened up the door to every evil that we know in the world today. Now, we also know that Eve was the world's first mother. Look in the book of Genesis chapter 4. And let's start with verse 1. And Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth or angry. And his countenance fell. Here we have the story of the first two boys that are mentioned that were birthed by. Eve. Cain. And Abel. And of course there's only one more that's really mentioned as far as she gave birth to. And that's Seth who means substitute. And we know that. She taught her children the ways of God. So as a mother we we see that she. Committed herself and surrendered herself to teach her children. How to. Please God. How do we know this? They brought offerings before the Lord. Where did they get that information from? Their mother and their father. We know that Cain brought the works of his hands. And I heard some preachers say one time. It was because it wasn't offered in faith. I don't believe that. There's a degree of truth to that. He didn't offer a blood offering. Because you see faith is based on the word of God. That's how faith comes. They were told to offer a blood offering. That's the only acceptable offering that you could give to God to overcome sin. And so he didn't bring that. He brought his own work, the labor of his own hands. But Abel, what did he do? He brought the blood sacrifice of a, of a lamb, which we know is typical of Christ dying for our sins. That was accepted where Cain's was not accepted. And so Cain was angry. He was upset. And what happens? God speaks to him himself and says to him, look Cain, if you do the right thing, it'll be well with you also. But if not, sin is crouching at the door and wants to slay you. What does he do? He gets angry. What does he do? He goes off and kills his brother. Now let's not forget this. Remember the prophecy in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15? How God said it's going to be the seed of the woman that's going to destroy you? Absolutely. We remember that. From the very beginning, from the word go, what is he doing? He's trying to kill off a righteous seed. To prevent that seed from coming into the world. Which is why God had to finally produce the flood. But that's neither here nor there. So we see Cain being angry. He yields to the temptation of Satan to kill his brother. Take his life. Of course Abel becomes the sacrifice. Seth was his replacement. And he gives birth to the righteous line That came into the earth after him. But we understand and we know that. As a mother, Eve committed herself to teaching her children the ways of God, the word of God, to follow the plan of God for their lives. It was up to them, of course, to do the right thing. Whether they did or not was up to them. Look in the book of Titus chapter 2. Because once again, things don't really change over the years. God's principles never change. His precepts never change. They're always the same. Similarly, teach the older women. He's speaking to Timothy as the instructor or the pastor of the church to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes to do good and to be submissive to their husbands. So once again, we see the plan of God unfolding. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. So once again, we see Eve was a mother who, yes, she made her mistake in the beginning. But of course, she did her part to instruct her children in the ways of God, to teach them to sacrifice properly to God. And it was up to them to obey it. And of course, that's passed down to our generation as well. You know, you go to the life of Timothy and you see his grandmother was a strong believer. His mother was a strong believer. His faith was a result of His grandmother and mother serving God, walking with God, obeying the word of God, and teaching him to walk in the ways of God. And that's how it's passed down from one generation to the next. That was the big problem that the Israelites had. If any generation began to serve God, the next generation didn't. They faltered. Why? Because it wasn't passed on from generation to generation. You see, God has a plan involved in the family life. And it starts with mother and father carrying out the plan of God and rearing up a godly seed upon the earth that really promote the kingdom of God. Now, Eve next was the first, a lot of first in her life. To experience the effects of sin. Look at Genesis chapter 3 and verse 16. She was the first to experience pain and sorrow in childbearing and child burying. Childbearing and child burying. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 16. Under the woman he said. I will greatly multiply thy sorrow. And thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. And thy desire shall be to thy husband. And he shall rule over thee. Notice ladies. The reason why there is pain in childbearing. Is because of the curse that fell upon the woman. When Eve made her decision to rebel against God. To step out from paradise. Into a place where. Every evil began to exist. And upon her was this curse. And upon the woman came this curse. Pain and childbearing is exactly what she experienced. Sorrow in childbearing is exactly what she experienced. But also, let's not forget this. As the first mother, she also experienced the pain and sorrow of burying her firstborn. Or her secondborn. Her, her second son. The firstborn killing him. Imagine the heartache and the pain that she experienced and then recognized because of what she had done, this has happened to her. The pain in childbearing and the pain and sorrow of burying a son. And she was the first to experience that. So there are many things that we see that she was the first of. She was the first woman. She was the first wife. She was the first mother. She was the first uh, dressmaker. She was the first homemaker. She was the first to be tempted by the devil, first to be deceived by the devil, and the first to yield to sin in her life. A lot of firsts. Next, I want to share with you some life lessons that we can learn from Eve. Number one, it's important for all of us to focus on the good that is around us. Right now, in the day in which we are living, I believe a lot of our freedoms have been taken away from us. It's hard to imagine that um, you can't even walk into a store without a mask on your face. Hard to imagine you just can't say, well, let's get up and walk over to the mall. Go to the mall and walk around, maybe get a piece of pizza or do whatever and get some shopping in. It's hard to imagine that you can't go see a a loved one in a nursing home now unless they may be at the point of death. And we see that um, when all these things are taken away from us, we fail to realize all the good things that we've had in life, the things that we could have experienced in life. You can't even go... Let's say bowling or something simple as that. Uh, Eve was in a situation where she was in a perfect place. And didn't appreciate all that was around her. What did she do? Easily deceived. Because something else that was shown to her. That was better. She yielded to that. And opened up the door. To every evil in her life. So everything she had was perfect. But she focused on something that she didn't have. As a result of course. The fall took place. Number two. Don't doubt God's word. Hath God said, the devil said to her? Did God really say that? Did God really mean that? We know that when God says something, he means it. When God speaks, he's not a man to lie nor the son of man to repent. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he will make it good. God is always honoring his word. He exalts his word above his name. We are told in scripture and he watches over his word to perform it and to make it good. And so you know what? If we act upon the word of God. And do what God's word says. Then we can have blessings in our lives untold. You know this could be a time of blessing. It could be a time of reconciliation. It could be a time of restoration. A lot of things can take place. If we yield to the word of God. And do what God's word says. And so she didn't do that as well. But we learn from her. What we should do. We should obey the word of God. Yield to the word of God. And do exactly what Jesus did. Number three. When tempted. Turn to the Word of God. When Jesus faced temptation in the wilderness, remember what he did. It is written, it is written, it is written. Remember what he told Peter when he's there at the rock in the garden, came out and saw them sleeping? Look, the flesh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Pray that you enter not into temptation. Pray, why? Build yourself up spiritually, why? So that you can take the Word of God, apply the Word of God, the principles of God's Word to your life. Look, we live in a fallen world, and we know that, She had a better advantage than what we had. Adam and Eve both did. As a matter of fact, even though we know that she's the first, the one that yielded the temptation, Adam did willfully, which is even worse if you ask me. He understood what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. And yet he disregarded the word of God to follow his wife. And as a result, of course, they both participated in the fall and brought the evils that we experience in our world today. Matter of fact, you want to go back to COVID-19, take it all the way back to the very beginning. It's here. Why? Because of the fall of man. Every sickness, every disease is a result of the fall of man. And we know that's why it's here. Next, don't let your standards for living be your own. This is something that she decided to do. This is the kind of standard I want to set for my life to live. You know, there's a scripture in uh, Proverbs 16, verse 25. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. What is he saying? He's saying that, look, it may look good. It may sound good. It may even feel good. But you know what? At the end of the day, at the end of the path, there's nothing but destruction and death. And of course, we see it played out in their lives. They brought it into the world. And as a result, of course, it affects all of our lives. Next, don't seek fulfillment in material things. Look, the things of this life are waning. The things of this life are fading away. You think about just a hundred years ago, we see all the advancements that have been made in the last hundred years and what direction that we're going in. You go back to the days a hundred years ago, when I think about old, the, the old timers, those of old that, that would plant their gardens, the way they did things, they sat back and watched, my grandfather sat back and watched weeds grow in his garden. He had his cane waiting in the shade, with the shade over his head, to pluck them out. It was a lot easier back then. The pace wasn't so quick as it it is today. You know, there are other priorities, other more meaningful things. We've got more time-saving devices today than we ever have in our society. But what? We don't have any time. Why? Because of the focus that we have, the mindset that we have. Things are changing rapidly, but no matter how quickly they change, you know what? We're going to be out of here. We're going to be out of here in a short time. A hundred years from now, we'll all be out of here. And we're going to enter into our eternity. There is nothing more important than setting a standard for our lives. That will help us be a part of the eternity that God wants us to experience and have. As a matter of fact look in Revelation chapter 21. Keep this before our hearts and minds. Every single one of us. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. That's going to happen. And there was no more sea. Imagine that. The other day, uh, Andrew asked me, Dad, when um, all the water's gone, what's going to happen? If it's all land, there's a lot more land out there, isn't there? Maybe God wants to populate it all. Who knows? God has a plan. But you know what? He knows what he's doing. But this earth is going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. This earth is going to have a renovation by fire. It's going to be new. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. Thank God. And he will dwell with them. and They shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, no more sorrow, crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. That should be our focus. Not material things. Not what we're going to get in this life. Not what we could have in this life to satisfy our souls. No, but we have to understand that we're living in the land of the dying. We die and go to the land of the living. And we spend our eternal living is based upon our belief system, not our behavior. And so it's important that we believe correctly and that we believe right. And he said to me, right, for these words are true and faithful. And so what are we living for today? What are we living for? We know we have an eternity that we're facing. It can come at any moment. People are dying every day, leaving this realm every day, ushered into eternity every single day. Are they making eternal glory or eternal separation from a living God? It's up to them. And it's up to us to make a decision. What's more important than anything else is where we spend that eternity. And look at this last verse in 1 John chapter 3. With me. John the Beloved writing. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that When he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. And so, what else do we learn from Eve? Our relationship with God is more important than anything else in our lives. That is what really matters. So whether... Or not, you know, if you're a woman, let's just say that you're a woman and you're not able to have children or you never had any children. It doesn't mean you don't have purpose. Your purpose is found and your position is found with your husband, the two of you carrying out the plan of God for your lives together. To love him, to honor him, to obey him, to serve him, to surrender to him and to do his will. You have your purpose as a wife, as your wife to be that helpmate, to help him carry out this purpose of God's will. Why? Because if it were not for the man, there would have been no need for the woman. Remember what the scripture says. The man was first, the woman came out of need. The need was to have a helpmate, perfectly designed for him. So we see the completed image of God found not in a man, not in a woman, but in Adam, meaning man And Woman or male and female you take this back and you think about what we're going through today with this gender identity crisis Not knowing who we are not knowing what our gender is even to a point of saying there's more than two genders That's not biblical We go back to the Word of God. We found out he made them male and female for a purpose The purpose was to procreate to give him a family upon the earth and this is the only way it can be done So we want to be biblically minded. We want to act upon the word of God and recognize our purpose, our position is found. Adam's found in God and also Eve's is found in her husband and their relationship to God to keep the garden, to keep the evil out, to walk with God, to serve God and one day together leave this realm and be with him in eternal glory. And so what's important to all of us is our relationship with God is what really matters. So if you're out there and you're a woman, praise God. If you're a single woman, you've got purpose as well. As an individual, you have a relationship with God that needs to be cultivated and developed. Walk with God all the days of your life. See what ways he would have you to honor him, to serve him, obey him, carry out the purpose of your will. Think about if you're a a, a wife. Think about all these wives of old like Sarah. Think about Rebecca. There's so many that we could mention. Elizabeth, her faithfulness, to be there by her husband's side, to be there working in the temple, walking with God, serving God, keeping their focus and attention on things that are eternal. Not looking at things seen but things that are unseen. Things that are eternal, that have eternal impact upon our lives as eternal spirit beings. If you're a mother the same thing is true. Nothing more is more important than fulfilling the plan that God has for the family. Becoming one with your spouse, Raising up and rearing up a godly seed. Be an example to point our children in the right direction so that why these eternal spirit beings will spend their eternity not in a lake of fire but in eternal glory. This is God's plan and purpose for the family. It's God's plan and purpose for the woman, wife, and mother. You know what? I believe Eve's going to be with us in glory someday. We could have dialogue with her and talk with her about that infamous day that took place when she rebelled against God. But thank God for his redeeming love and thank God for his mercy and thank God for his grace and his willingness to offer up heaven's best, his son, to redeem all of us from our fallen state. Praise God. Aren't we thankful for him? If you're out there, you heard those scriptures. I'll be honest with you. I've seen many barren women get healed by reading those two verses of Scripture. I've seen it happen. We've had many that we laid hands on. Those Scriptures, based on those Scriptures, He takes the barren woman, makes her to keep house and become a joyful mother of children. And all it takes is believing what the Word says. Hannah did it. Sarah did it. Sarah at the beginning didn't even believe that it could happen. What about this? Zechariah didn't think his wife Elizabeth could bear a child in a ripe old age. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Absolutely not. Think about uh, Abraham having six more kids later in life. Nothing is too difficult for the Lord. Look to Him. Believe and receive. Praise God. All mothers out there, I'm going to pray for you right now. Honey, would you come and stand with me as we pray for mothers? Praise God. Father, we thank you for every woman, every wife, and every mother. At the sound of my voice, I pray to your Father God that your hand would be upon each and every one of them in a powerful and glorious way. That you would impart to each and every one the revelation of your plan, your purpose, and your will for their lives. That you would enable them to rise up within their spirits, dear Father God, with the boldness to carry out that which you have purposed and called them to do. Should there be a need of healing to bear children, may your power flow like a mighty river right now and bring healing into their bodies. That they might experience the joy of motherhood. Whatever the need might be, we thank you for restoration, dear Father God, in their lives. Wholeness in their lives. Victory in their lives. And we just believe for great and mighty things from you into their lives because you're a great and mighty God. And Father, we long for the day that we can all be with you in eternal glory, not just here on this earth, but in eternal glory, knowing that we have fought a good fight, finished our course, and we've kept the faith. Now we're with you eternally. Father, thank you for all these to receive from on high. In Jesus' name, amen.